There's crispy, and then there's crispy, er. Try our new and improved Tyson crispy chicken strips. Crispy just got crispy, er. Everyone, you're listening to HBCU 468, the Roden Fellows Podcast. I'm Bill Roden. Uh, we're recording this podcast on a Friday afternoon. My co-host, Tucker Tool from Morehouse College in Atlanta, is on the line with me. Uh, we've been focusing on the graduating seniors over the last few weeks, but we haven't forgot about the underclassmen, Tucker. Uh, you just finished the school year, so you'll be a senior in the fall. How does it feel? And it feels it feels good. Um, it feels like college is has gone by in a blink. I just remember when I was coming in as a freshman and now looking up I'm a senior. So I'm I'm extremely grateful for being able to go to, go to a school like Morehouse and I'm just excited for senior year. Excited to graduate. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well uh Deja Harrison from Grambling State University is also with us today. Hey Deja, you're going into you're gonna be a junior next year. Uh what are you looking forward to next fall? Yes, I'm going to be a big-time junior. I'm, I'm actually excited for my new mass comm classes. It's always the opportunity to expand my media profession. And I'm also excited for football season, so I get to do some sideline reporting for Grambling. All right. Uh, go Tigers. Uh, we've, got a, we've got an outstanding lineup today. First of all, we're going to be talking to the quadruple double queen from Grambling State University, Chicago Hill. She graduated last week, so we want to know what she's doing next for her basketball career. Then in the second half of the show, uh, we'll talk about the controversy over the new movie, Lucretia, about a white man who pretended to be a black woman. Uh, <laughs> yeah, can't wait to hear about that. The WNBA draft took place last month, and some of the biggest names in college women's basketball were called. Bayless Kalani Brown went to the L.A. Sparks. Arike Abubawale from Notre Dame, was selected by the Dallas Wings. Agumba Wale's teammate, Jackie Young, was the number one draft pick. She went to uh, the Las Vegas Aces. However, one name was not called, and it came as a surprise to a lot of people, me included. Ja'Kyla Hill, a former point guard for Grambling State University, was not on anyone's roster. Uh, she made history early this year when she became only the fourth woman in the NCAA to make a quadruple double. Uh, she's on the line with us to talk about what happened and what she's going to do next. Uh, Shikala, thank you so much for joining us. Because it, 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 it's really great for you to join us. Thanks for coming back. Thank you for having me today. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, how surprised were you uh, going into the draft? What were your expectations? Um, going into the draft, I kind of, um, not kind of, I expected to be drafted. Um, everybody around me from the people that were trying to pick me up, like agents and the people around me as far as coaches, it was just all positive reinforcements. Like everybody was getting positive feedback. So, um, I thought I definitely was going to get drafted. Yeah, Shakala, um, leading up to the draft, what was the preparation like? Um, I did a lot of training. I actually went and worked out in Atlanta at Core 4 with a group of trainers and a group of people. And then I went to the combines 
um, I forgot the name of them. I actually went to two. I went to one. Um, they were both in Tampa that Saturday and Sunday. Um, I wish I could think of their names. But, um, yeah, I went to two combines that weekend, and that I thought I did pretty well that weekend also. So um, the preparation up into it, I had um, a dietitian. I had everything. I had a trainer. I had all all of the above to prepare to go to the combines and to be in front of WNBA coaches. Yeah, so you feel like you were more than ready to be drafted. Yes, yes. yes. I was more than ready to be drafted. I was more than ready to perform because um, the combines, they actually had all of the WNBA coaches. They had um, overseas coaches and agents and things like that. And I kind of knew what to expect beforehand because of my old coach, Nadine Damone, and also because um, with core four of the people that I was training with, they're actually, um, they do NBA players. So I'd had a lot of knowledge and just a lot of preparation going into that weekend. And so I'm sure your coaches, um, Coach Diaz, um, Coach Murray, they expected the same thing as well for you to be drafted, right? What, what did they say? Um, yes, they were all expecting the same thing. They were down there, actually. They came down to Tampa to the Combine to watch and kind of um, help me navigate through the people that were trying to represent me and things like that. Um, but they were actually surprised, too. But they told me just to keep pushing because we were all pretty sure afterwards because I didn't, it would be like a training camp or a workout or something of that nature that would pop up. Right. And you just talked about how you worked out in front of WNBA teams at those combines. Did you talk to any of those teams? Um, my coaches actually did. They talked to a lot. And right after, um, well, the day before, I haven't, like, officially signed with an agent, but the agency that was kind of just speaking on my behalf and helping me, um, they had talked to a lot of them. They had emailed a couple of days before, like, with all of my stats and all of the things compared to other people. And, you know, coming from a small school, they did it, like, when we played bigger schools and things of that such. And so he got a lot of responses. And so it was, I don't know, everything up to that point, up until the day of the draft, was very positive. Okay. And and remind us of your, your major again and, you know, sort of um, like your, your plan, criminal justice. Okay. So so what's your plan B if you ever get tired of basketball? And are you just as passionate about criminal justice as you are basketball? Um. Yes, actually, um, I wanted to go to law school. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of, but there's a lot that goes into that and trying to transition from focusing solely on basketball and, you know, being a student athlete, school is just as important, but switching that focus to being a full-time student, like completely a full-time student, I think that transition will be very hard. And I feel like I would need some time before I can make that transition. Mm-hmm. Hey, Chicago, this is Bill, uh, Bill Rose again. So, so let's get back to this draft stuff. Uh, what feedback did you get from teams or coaches, if any, about why they didn't draft you? And sort of what's your status now? I mean, are you, are you going? I mean, the season's already started, so you weren't invited to camps either. So what was no, the feedback um, you got? The feedback, the only um, feedback that I got that was not necessarily positive, but it was negative, and it was from Phoenix, or was it Phoenix? Um, it was from Pokey Chapman. She was talking to my coach, and she was like, um, well, she's seen me shoot, she's seen me play, but that day at the Combine, I guess the game that she watched, she didn't see me shoot that game, and that's what she wanted to see. 
other than that, it was all, it was just positive. Like I never, it was never any negatives besides that comment. And I didn't really feel like that was a negative comment because I actually met her. And like, when I met her, she was like, I already know who you are. I like the way you play, like stuff like that. And so afterwards, my, um, the people that I was working with, we had like three workouts set up. And then he said they just all stopped communicating. Like on the same day, nobody just responded. And so, and so ever since then, I haven't heard anything else pertaining to them besides today, which was not a good thing. <laughs> hmm. What happened today? Um, so I made a tweet um, that said, me not being in the WNBA is a joke. I was like, but I'll be there next year. Believe it. I think that's word for word exactly what I said. And so it was relayed. It was a message relayed back from the WNBA to somebody that happened to be a Grambling night, and they ended up relaying the message to me that they were very upset about that message that I put on Twitter because after that it was like, you know, a lot of people tweeting at the WNBA, tweeting surrounding me, surrounding that tweet. You get what I'm saying? And so they were um, upset about that tweet. Yeah, I was going to say we were going to uh, ask you about the tweet because I, I have the, the tweet word for word um, that says <laughs> not being in the league <laughs> is a joke, but I'll be there next year, trust me. Um, they definitely took it personal from what I was told. And um, the person that, like, kind of relayed the message, I guess they wanted me to delete it, but I'm not going to delete it because I don't feel like it's that bad. I felt like it was more so a positive message like me. That's where I'm going to get. So I'm not. I'm definitely not going to delete the tweet. <laughs> I mean, do you think that going what was going to Grambling was held against you going to a small school? What, um, because you know, I mean, you you had such a historic uh, accomplishment. That's honestly, um, that's really the only thing that I can think of. Because as far as when we played bigger schools, um, I still did the same thing. I still the stats were dang near the exact same. If you know what I'm saying, we beat Indiana in the tournament when we went to Puerto. It was just a lot of stuff that, like, you know, wasn't adding up I feel like to me and I feel like right. maybe the only reason was because in our regular season we didn't end up winning the conference we didn't end up winning the tournament we lost to people that we shouldn't have lost to you get what I'm saying and because my school is so small and it's a HBCU I feel I definitely feel like that was held against me although I feel like it shouldn't have been because as far as I'm concerned like when it was time for the combine and there's literally no names on the jerseys and just numbers I did the exact same thing the weekend before the draft so all of this it was really surprising and then the not getting invited to camps and stuff that was like more than surprising because I knew if I didn't get drafted I knew that was you know up next right and yeah. you, you speak on coming from Grambling you know being an HBCU being a low major division one school and we know the disparity between you know the WNBA the NBA and just men's, men's and women's basketball on the professional level so can you talk about how maybe being from a HBCU or a low major school, you know, had such an effect or what effect do you think did that did that have on the decision? I, I felt like it had a huge a huge impact. Um I had to do something that hadn't been done in twenty five years to get on ESPN and I feel like my stats were very great throughout my career at Grambling, but I never got attention until I got that quadruple double. Mind you, I got attention in the swag right. and most HBCUs, but as far as national attention, it didn't really hit until I got that quadruple double. So I feel like it's a, it's definitely a major, major, major difference because I feel like also because there's two people, I think, that's ever 
gotten like um like a thousand points, five hundred rebounds, five hundred assists, and I think like five hundred steals. There's only two people. Okay. And I there's two people in like NCAA and they're both women. So I had two thousand points over six hundred rebounds. You know, like but I just had like four hundred and ninety six steals or something. I ended up with four hundred ninety six, four hundred and ninety three or something like that. And so literally from every aspect of the game, not even just the quadruple double, I was doing something that's never been done. And so for no teams to like acknowledge that or like, you know, pay attention to that or pick me up, it was really disappointing. What what's your strategy at at, at this point then, Kyle? I mean, you gonna call the commissioner and kinda of, <laughs> No, um, actually, I just started back working out. Sorry, I'm outside. Um, it took me a little minute to, like, get back into it, like, you know. And so I have an agent now, kind of not, still not signed. But um, I'm going overseas and hopefully going overseas and playing against professionals overseas. And that will give me film and tape or whatever to send back here. So hopefully next year it goes from there. Um, the people that I'm working with, they're based out of Atlanta. So I should be going to Atlanta within the next week or two, and then we'll fully get to discuss what what our options and where do I want to go and how it's going to go for me. As far as next next year, do you plan on um, you know doing a draft again, or um, would you well, would you like to stay overseas? Um, well, actually, the the overseas thing. I mean, I, everybody in the WNBA really goes overseas because the money that they make here is not enough. To, well, it is enough to live off of, but because they're professional athletes, they feel like they should be paid more. But um, next year, if the opportunity presents itself, I'll definitely try to um, come back and play here. But I feel like if not, I won't be as discouraged as I was this time. Like this time, it kind of took a toll on me to where like, I was like, is this what I really want to do? But I don't think next year it'll knock me down that hard, I guess. So we let you go. I mean, I guess this is a lesson in how you bounce back from disappointment. What what have you been doing just sort of to, you know, keep your, you know, confidence up and, and, you know, just to maintain a positive attitude? When everybody's surrounding you, you know, thoughts the same thing, it's kind of easy to get caught up in what everybody's saying. Like, you should be there. You should be doing this. I can't believe. Like, you know, and so it kind of brings you down also because you're like, okay, if everybody else sees it, how can't they see it? And so for a while it was just like, okay, I'm over this. This is not like I don't even want to put myself through this. But then it was like one of those days I had to like get up like, okay, this is like your livelihood. This is what you do. You can't not do this. And so it was just like one day I just got up and got back in the gym. But it did take me a little while, a couple of weeks, mm-hmm. to actually decide if this is what I wanted to do again. Well, we're uh, we're we're pulling for you definitely. Thank you. Uh, yeah, yes. we're pulling for you. We're rooting you. for you. Uh, yeah, yeah we're definitely I, rooting I for sure you. am. Yep. And you had a great college career, and we're looking forward to uh, you know uh, you going overseas, kind of tearing it up there, uh, killing, uh, killing the game overseas. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, you know, so all just the kind of route. And you know, look forward to having you back, back yes, on the show. Thank you. Talk about your, and your hopefully triumph. the next time. I'm back, then I'll be playing in the WNBA, and this will definitely be a story to tell when I write my book in a couple of years. Uh-uh. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, well, we can't wait. But let's let's uh, let's let's make this roster first. <laughs> yes, sir. Thank you so much. <laughs> All right, Chicago. Uh, the great Chicago Hill, a former Grambling star, uh, who looks like she's going to be headed to Europe to play. 
And then uh, big things after that. God, thank you so much. Thank and, you and for enjoy, having me. Enjoy, uh, enjoy the graduation party. Thank you, Shakala. <laughs> All right, thank, thank you, Shakala. Move over, Avengers Endgame. Headlines are featuring a new movie, but definitely not for the same reason. The trailer for the upcoming film, Lucretia, dropped early this month, and it's already sparked more than a few mixed reviews. The premise is simple, really simple, and some say stereotypical. A white male bartender is not doing well and snags a radio DJ job by pretending to be a black woman. The writer and director of the film, Jeremy Seville, also stars in it, said it's meant to inspire laughs. Some see that, while others say they, it's just pure racism. Hey, Aaron, why are we giving this? Why are we giving this any play, any juice? It's just are, are we kind of validating this? Uh, what, what's the rationale for us doing this? Yeah, I don't know that I feel like I'm validating this by talking about it. I think I, if anything, I'm, I think my point is to maybe encourage people to do better when if you're gonna like play around with race, you know. I think we're in this interesting time where people are we're like really playing around with what who can play what and there are all kinds of like race i guess swapping more like traditionally white characters are are being played by people of color and so i think you know you have this guy who's like well i'm gonna be a white man playing a black woman and is that offensive uh, uh, well okay i'm just asking you to defend it yeah i think we um, um, should talk about it or we can compare it to white chicks. And yeah, and and sorry to bother you. We have a black man using white voice to get a job. Like it's oh, not, right. it's not white face, but it's like. Well, and and they did that in Black Klansman too with J.D. Washington. He was you know doing a white voice over the phone, acting like he wanted to be a part of the Klan. So, uh, so, fellows, what what did you guys think of the trailer? Um, were you offended? Did you think it was silly? Do you think we should even be discussing it? Uh, what, 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 what about you, Deja? Well, um, when I heard the um, the trailer, or when I saw the trailer, I wasn't offended. But we, we have to think, we have to realize it's just a movie. And a lot of movies are offensive, but it's very rare where the tables <laughs> are turned like this. But then I was listening to Charlemagne the God, and he said something very interesting. Um, the oppressed can't be oppressed by the oppressor. I mean, it's just unacceptable. But then people are going to say there's movie like movies like White Chicks and there's Shanae where black men are imitating white women. But here's the difference. They don't look bad. The, the men, the black men that are playing these white women, they don't make white women look bad. But when I, when I uh, saw this trailer, you know, they just made the black woman you know, look bad. Like, you know, she couldn't talk. She was loud. She had an attitude. So, I mean, at the end of the day, it's just a movie, but I, I can't really be offended at a movie. I, I looked at it kind of like a joke when I first saw the trailer or like a troll. Um, and then once I kept watching, I, I realized that this trailer, this movie falls right into the black appropriation um, bubble because you see a, a, a white man who loses his job or is struggling and he impersonates a black person to, you know, make money or to try to, you know, support or appropriate, you know, black culture. 
by talking or with that stereotype uh, that Deja just spoke about, you know, that negative stereotype of black women being loud and this, that, and the other, when that's not necessarily true. So I think it's a joke. And I think, you know, it's, it's, it's serious at the same time because it's appropriating black culture. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you guys think that we should, you know, we were talking about this with our producer, Aaron Matthewson. Uh, we thought, well, should we even give this the time of day? You know, I, I was I was about ready to that. You know, I already want to discuss it. Uh, oh, oh, you don't have to worry about me. I will not be paying to see this movie. <laughs> I will not yeah, be going I, to theaters I, I, to I see this or supporting it. Yeah. Just because of the controversy, a lot of people are going to watch it. Just because of the controversy. Yeah, I think some people might want to see it just to see, like, how bad it is or, you know, how controversial it might be. But I don't think anyone is going to see the movie or any black person will go see the movie for pure entertainment. Yeah, hmm. I, I'm, not, I'm, definitely, I'm definitely not going to see the movie just for entertainment purposes. I mean, it's like, it's, my, it's a mockery. It's, it's a mockery. Well, I vote. I vote to leave the conversation there. All in favor? <laughs> All in favor. <laughs> I, 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 I. <laughs> Great. All right. Well, with that, <laughs> that's all we have time for today. If there's anything you'd like us to cover, or if you just want to leave us a comment, tweet us at the undefeated hashtag Roden Fellows. You can also also contact us directly. I'm on Twitter at wc Roden. That's W-C-R-H-O-D-E-N. You can find me on Instagram at TuckT52. That's T-U-C-K-T-5-2. And you can find me on Twitter at KingDeja. That's K-I-N-G-D-E-J-A-A. Thanks for listening to the Road and Fellows podcast. This show is produced by the wonderful Aaron Matthewson. Special thanks to Tarika Foster-Brasby and the ESPN Digital Audio Content Team. I'm Bill Roden, and I've been your host. Get all of the HBCU 468 podcasts, as well as The Right Time with Bomani Jones and Morning Roast by subscribing to The Undefeated on the Listen tab of the ESPN app. Join us next week for another HBCU podcast, and don't forget to make The Undefeated your go-to site for a soulful look at sports and entertainment. Have a great week, everyone.